Welcome to the New School of Marketing podcast, the place for smart, simple strategies that will amplify your business results. Sharing practical tips, insider knowledge and actionable advice because marketing is something that every business owner can do. Now, let's get started. Introducing your host, Bianca McKenzie, mum, lover of snow sports, camping, horse riding and in-demand launch strategist and Facebook advertising knowledge bank. Welcome to the New School of Marketing podcast. I'm Bianca McKenzie and today I'm talking about diversifying income streams with Amanda Kendall. Amanda is a wearer of many hats and she has run the notaballerina.com travel blog since 2005 and the Thoughtful Travel podcast since 2016. She also runs a social media and blogging consultancy offering training, consulting and mastermind groups in Perth and teaches undergraduates how to run their own business at Murdoch University. An interesting piece of knowledge about Amanda is that her first degree is in mathematics. Well, you definitely wear (laughs) many, many hats, Amanda. How on earth did you go from a degree in mathematics to running a social media and blogging consultancy? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I like to stay interested and not get bored. So that's part of it. But um, to just kind of, I don't know, describe that pathway from my mathematics degree, I started working in education and uh, in teaching adults. So uh, that's kind of where the, um, the training side came in. And then I moved overseas for a few years. I started doing a lot more writing, which led to blogging. Uh, and my travel blog and freelance writing and other things like that. So then I came back to Australia and I had this experience teaching adults and I had this love of blogging and they kind of married together so that I started running workshops here in Perth to teach people how to blog. So that's about 10 years ago or 11 years ago now. And everything else kind of followed from that. So once I was teaching blogging, I also started to have Uh, people in those workshops who were small business owners and they were like, oh, you know, you can help us to figure out how to use a blog for our business. And as part of that kind of social media came along with it. And so that actually, I think I've been quite, it was quite a long story short. (laughs) That's the shortest I've ever told that. That's how I ended up running a social media and blogging consultancy. That is an amazing sort of pathway. And it actually flows really naturally. If you think about it, it's not something completely different. Well, mathematics is slightly different but <laughs> it's a good <laughs> yeah that was a blip but well yeah uh, you know I kind of ended up you know combining all of the different things that I really enjoy doing so that was um yeah I, and the mathematics has proven very useful because it makes sure makes me be like a good bookkeeper for my business and I don't know it helps me think strategically and stuff I think so all in all uh, it's all of these different parts of life kind of have just you know come together to be what I do now and I get to do lots of things that I really enjoy. I find that really, really amazing and it's really cool. But you're wearing so many hats. How do you make sure that you stay organised? I mean, there's a podcast, there's a blog, well, there's two blogs and all these other things. How do you think Clients and workshops and public speaking and goodness knows what. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, I often tell people I'm, I'm really unsuited to being a small business owner because I'm not, I don't think of myself as particularly organized and I'm not necessarily particularly disciplined, but somehow I managed to keep it all running and I am very deadline driven. So I think um, my key to being organized about things is to make sure I know when everything has to be done 
and to know about myself that I'm really good at doing things with a deadline and not very good at doing things if there's no particular deadline. So I make sure I have deadlines and accountability to make sure that everything gets done when it needs to get done. And you know that saying, you know, ask a busy person if you need something done. So I think, you know, because I'm kind of always fairly busy, but happily busy, then I think that helps me sort of stay organized. But really the biggest thing for me is accountability. And so I have lots of different ways to keep me accountable. I have lists and schedules and plans galore. They're stuck all over the wall. I have people who keep me on target, like my mastermind friends. Uh, I have a business coach. I um, pledge, you know, to lots of people. I need to get X done by Y date. And um, I think that for me is like a real key to to staying organised. Yeah, wow. You're juggling a lot of things by the sound of it. Um, Yeah, but it's fun. Otherwise I get bored. I have been down the path of trying to be more, um, more focused on just one part or, you know, one more niche business idea. And I just found that I couldn't do it well because I didn't have like a a task to swap to that was more interesting if I got kind of bored with that. I found that I really needed to, yeah, um, for a long time, because a lot of the advice is always to be very um, focused in your niche and everything. And it took me a few years to realize that that's just never going to work for me. So it actually works better for me having all of these different things going on. Yeah, being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, I, I like it. I, I think it works for a lot of people. So whatever works for you, right? Um, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about today. So we often hear about the importance of diversifying, especially our income streams, like doing different things. So with so many hats, I think you kind of mastered this. Can you tell us a little bit more about the importance of having diverse income streams, like especially the time that we are in right now? I think it's really, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, so I'm especially grateful now um, in COVID times that I have diverse income streams, but I've always, um, I, I've always seen it as quite an advantage because you know, things come and go. And like for must be five or six years ago, I'd had quite a lot of my income was from running workshops through a particular program here in Perth. And then suddenly they looked under threat. And I I kind of freaked out thinking, wow, that's like, was probably at the time, maybe not quite half, but you know, a good third or more of my income, like enough that it would make a huge difference to suddenly lose all of that. And I really freaked out and I uh, always remember the drive home from, from the meeting where I learned that and on the way home, I'd already, my brain was ticking over and I'd realized another way I could kind of do a similar service and still, and replace that income to the point where I actually drove to a, a place that I'd vaguely heard of uh, not far from home where I thought that could be a workshop space and, and spoke to them. Like I, before I'd even got home, I'd found a way to kind of diversify out of there. Um, but I think it's even without being COVID times, things change all the time. Um, like if you're relying, say, on um, traffic to your blog uh, to have um, an income, then Google Google's algorithm will change and suddenly you'll have, you know, half the traffic. So, yeah. you know, that kind of thing could wipe out an income stream for people. Or uh, obviously I've in the past and still do a fair bit of face-to-face workshop work um, and lots of public speaking. And, you know, in March this year, I just had, you know, three days, I still remember them very vividly, of phone call after phone call saying, look, I'm really sorry because of COVID, we have to cancel that talk. We have to cancel that conference. And I just saw these, you know, this money just dropping out of this, you know, disappearing before my eyes. But 
I had all these other income streams that I would manage to I managed to find ways to um, to use them instead so that I could still you know pay the mortgage and do everything so yeah it's really really important I think yeah especially as a small business and I've heard people say that as an entrepreneur you need seven income streams like I don't know where that number comes from but um (laughs) just you know a, a number of them and it I always get fascinated because it doesn't need to be just business things. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, workshops yeah. or online training programs. Like you can have well, right now that probably is not a good investment, but like an Airbnb um, property or rental properties or shares. Like it, it could always be an outside interest. Like I find it really fascinating that you run, uh, that you teach undergraduates, but then you also run a travel podcast and <laughs> yeah. uh, a blog so they're very different sort of very different focus and I think I think it would be really good for people to think about having different income streams and what can you make money with and right now I'm even talking to my husband I'm like can you do some podcast editing you know maybe you can make some money on there the side <laughs> even yeah, when you have exactly. a job so, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. There's so many different things that are possible. Uh, and I think often it's just about kind of being open to it. Like with the the university um, teaching that I do, uh, I love doing it and it's a completely natural fit given all the other things I've done. But I didn't even go looking for it. It was just a matter of, you know, I knew some people who needed this this person, which turned out to be me, and they just thought, oh, you know, Amanda has done this teaching or, you know, she runs her own business. This might be the right, you know, maybe she would like to do it. We'll ask her. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'd love to do it. And, you know, especially during this year, it's been great to have that as a, as a more certain income stream amongst all the rest. So, yeah. Yeah. You just never know. Got to be open to these things. Exactly. It could fall into your lap. No, I think it's really, and especially as as an entrepreneur and someone who has worked in the education environment, you wouldn't necessarily connect the two in terms of teaching and running your own business. And I think think it's a perfect fit. And I would say that the undergraduate would get so much more no, from a, from an academic, he's just textbook <laughs> educated. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And we had to hire another tutor this year because the units become so popular. And exactly that, we made sure that we had someone who um, is the rest of the time running their own business because that's what we're teaching them how to do. So the students love it because they can ask us, you know, real life questions. I think it's such a useful unit for all those students. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish it was around when I. <laughs> Me too. That's what I always tell them. I say I've made all these mistakes over the years in trying to figure out my business and how it will work, and and even things like diversifying income streams. We talk to them about that, you know, in their under their second year students mostly, and to to learn all of that in that phase of life. I think, oh, they're so lucky. They are incredibly incredibly lucky, but at the same time, we have to make our own mistakes to learn from. That's I would true say. Too. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm sure they'll still make mistakes that even though I've told them all the oh, stuff, but uh, yeah. for sure, <laughs> maybe and, fewer. And they have to, it's, it's like a rite of passage in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. <laughs> so with all of those, you know, I guess balls in the air, how, like, do you plan your year or your income streams or is it more of a sort of like an organic process and whatever comes your way, comes your way? It's a bit of both. So I always sit down at the start of every year 
uh, and I, I get my, I guess this is where my mathematics comes in. I get my graphs and I have a lovely pie chart, which shows me like the proportions of, you know, different income streams, you know, how they contributed to my overall income and things like that. So I always sit down with that and have a, have a think really like, okay, this is, you know, this income stream contributed, you know, this much could I, do I want to do more of that? Like kind of balancing out um, the value they provide, like the financial value versus how much I enjoy them versus, you know, what are the kind of the prospects? Are there, is there likely to be more of this kind of work or less? So I kind of do always plan it out for the year and I have, I do plot kind of a, a rough percentage of where I think each um, of how, you know, income from which stream. But inevitably things happen uh and so then i will kind of replan that out so that it's sort of semi-organic as it happens and uh things come up like i get offered different kinds of work that i wasn't really expecting but i'm really excited to do so that might change things or this year with covid you know in sort of mid-april i sat down again with my plan for the year and had another look at it and realized the things that i had to delete but also the things that i was adding because there's all sorts of um all sorts of things that have come on board because of COVID that are yeah. new income streams in a sense, or at least kind of adjusted or, you know, they're not the same, quite the same as they used to be. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I do plan, but I'm very open to replanning when I need. I think we've, um, we've all needed that this year. It was uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely <than> derailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what would you tell our listeners about diversifying their income streams? Where would they start? What do they need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, have a, have a, you know, sit down with yourself really in a bit of a big brainstorm on all the different things that A, you know, are possible that you could earn an income from and B, that you enjoy and uh, see where those things match up and then, you know, put out some feelers. So for example, if you would, you know, think that you'd like to do some teaching, start talking to people, or if you'd like to diversify and, um, I don't know, get into podcasting and, and develop a, you know, a podcast sponsorship income stream and things like that, you know, get yourself some education and some learning about it. But I think the sort of sitting down and really focusing on it as kind of part of your planning, I think it's often, um, there's, it's much easier than people think, I guess, if you sit down and actually are really, uh, deliberately trying to think okay what other income streams could I have Uh, then I think yeah there's a lot of possibilities that people don't necessarily think about until they really focus on it yeah I would 100% agree I constantly think about okay what else is there what else (laughs) could we do I've got the idea now of potentially an investment property seriously not the right time in COVID times, because <laughs> you know, especially where I am, we're locked up, so yeah. can't really go anywhere. But yeah, there are so many options, and sometimes it, just typing it into Google, it can give you yeah. a lot of different oh, ideas. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Or talk to other business owners you know about their income streams, and I mean, I just think, I mean, yeah, on my blog, I, I do it every year. I do a, you know, my um, pie chart of the different income streams I have. And a lot of people will chat to me about that afterwards because they're kind of like, oh, you do this and this and this. Oh, and yeah, I think it opens their eyes to other possibilities for them as well. It's super interesting because, yeah, I had a, a look at your blog and the percentages kind of in a way surprised me. And at the same time, it's quite it's quite equal. Like it doesn't seem like, well, there is, there are a few things that have a big chunk of your income 
But I think that if it fell away or one of these fell away, you would fill it up with something else. And I, I like that yeah. idea. Like I don't like putting all of my eggs in one basket. So it has really fascinated me. And I'll definitely link to um, your blog posts because I find them really fascinating and I'm sure that the listeners find it fascinating as well to oh, have thank that you. spread. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and and to be honest, sometimes at the end of the year when I add them up, I'm surprised too. Now I shouldn't be because I'm the one doing the work, but uh, and I, you know, and I do have it kind of planned out. But sometimes I'm surprised to see, oh wow, freelance writing did really well for me this year. Or um, you know, when you're in it, you don't necessarily yeah. really see the big picture. So that's why I really like doing those um, kind of end of year summaries to, you know, just really have a proper think about where it's all coming from and and what I want to change or stay or keep the same about that. Yeah, I like that. And I just had a little bit of a thought of people that might be doing a side hustle. It would be really good for them to do a pie chart and see how much of their income comes from their side hustle versus their main job, especially if they want to leave that main job. Because sometimes we don't really know how much money we are making from our side hustle and can we leave so our main job? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and if it's like a goal to leave the main job, you can see that um, that pie chart change over the years to the point where yes, now it's time to go. So yeah, fascinating. All right, mm. thanks so much. Um, so last questions: What are you curious about right now? <laughs> I am endlessly curious about everything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, in this context, I think what I'm curious most curious about is how things are changing because of COVID. So for example, a lot of my work has changed. Uh, I mean, I'm in Western Australia, so we can, we're not in lockdown. We can do anything basically now. So things are fairly normal, but despite that, things like my mastermind groups where I have like small groups of people who come, usually they come to me once every month, like in person. And because of uh, working through Zoom over COVID, they've now decided that they'll come and we, you know, we arrange this together. They come once a term, so once in person. So we get to have that face-to-face catch up. And then we run two of the sessions on Zoom because they appreciated, you know, saving that travel time and yeah. you know, being at home in their pajamas or whatever they're in. So uh, that kind of thing has been, um, has been really interesting. And a lot of the public speaking that I do pivoted while I was while we were in lockdown here and I was able to do some different kind of video presentations and so I'm really curious because I think that a lot of these changes will be lasting and so yeah how does that affect my business model and other people's and my clients and yeah I think there's some really you know potentially really positive things to come out of that so we're kind of still in it in the middle of it so I'm I'm really curious to see how it kind of pans out in the next sort of 12 months. Yeah I am I'm there with you I think there's a a lot of good that can come out of it, even though it's not an ideal situation right now, but mm. totally agree with that. And it has opened up a lot of new opportunities for a lot of businesses, people that yes. were completely local based and now have a whole world to serve basically. So yeah, fascinating. All right. If you had an extra $1,000 in your marketing budget, what would you spend it on? Uh, I mean, I have, I have a long list, but I, if I had to choose one thing, I would actually choose to, 
uh, well, especially from my travel side and a lot of my clients would have this experience too. I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities in Pinterest. I've always used Pinterest quite a lot. It's always been pretty successful for me. But if I had an extra $1,000 in my marketing budget, I would use it better by outsourcing it to a you know fabulous VA who could manage it and also experimenting with some Pinterest advertising. So I think that would be the thing I would do right now with yeah, that, with that magical so. money. I think that would work really well for travel business, <laughs> especially now I'm living vicariously through Pinterest yeah. travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You're not alone. <laughs> or you can at least still travel your state. <laughs> I know, I know. We're very, very lucky. Yes, we can't leave Western Australia, but we can do pretty much anything here. It's and a, I know we are it's a so big state. <laughs> it is a big state. It's a pretty empty state, but it is still a big, beautiful place. So it is a, I'm yeah, very lucky. I haven't, I haven't been there but um I can travel five kilometers it's exciting (laughs) (laughs) all right one day you'll have to come over (laughs) I will once we can fly again I will I will travel anywhere I can (laughs) I bet I bet (laughs) me too (laughs) yes so that is the end of this week's show if you have any questions about diversifying your income streams blogging social media for business head to amandakendall.com a really big, big thanks to you, Amanda. And Thanks for having me. It's been lovely to chat. Oh, totally. I loved chatting to you about this topic. Um, and also thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you heard the podcast. Your review will help others find the show and learn more about the amazing world of online marketing. Oh, and don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode on newschoolofmarketing.com where you can learn more about Amanda, check out those uh, pie charts that she's created and other useful links and free resources about the show.